G'day everybody, my name is Reese, and welcome to the latest episode of Aussie Nerds Talk Stuff. With me is my friend Sandro Felce. Struth, mate. <laughs> That's a much more Aussie accent than the last time we did one of these. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this time, with our fingers on the uh, pop culture pulse, <laughs> we're going to talk about, is it Black Adam? No. No, why would we talk about that that is is it is it avatar 2 no i mean i, I will be talking about that but no i don't think it's out no it's not i don't out. think it's out just yet not when we're recording anyway is it is it uh the white lotus which probably isn't really pop culture no no i mean it is but i i mean i watch it for audrey plaza but I, yeah I'm, yeah I'm, eh. no no we're talking about a very current show that ended weeks ago we're going to talk about <laughs> hot d season one Hot D, yeah, I uh, I stopped watching it weekly and then I had to catch up and it took me forever because this isn't a show that you can binge. So, hello, <laughs> it's time to talk about Hearts of the Dragon. Ah. <laughs> Whereas I did watch it weekly and I had a hoot. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I also had a hoot. Uh, it was just a longer, more drawn out hoot. More of a hoot. <laughs> D. <laughs> With dragons. Yes. Yes. All right, so. I'm sure everyone knows, but this is obviously the prequel to the Game of Thrones series. And a bit like with uh, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power last week, we talked about the first one or two episodes. Uh, it was two for Lord of the Rings' first episode for this one. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, we talked about how, at least I remember, I talked about it. I like Game of Thrones a lot. Very good show. Mm-hmm. I like most of the last season. Mm. The final three episodes certainly were a mess and could have been done much better and should have been more than three episodes, which would have improved them. But I haven't written the entire show off just because I thought they could have done better with the ending, unlike a lot of the internet. <laughs> so going into this, there was a lot of intrigue and some people were going, hmm, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to hate watch it essentially and just find things to pick about it. And then a lot of people turned out to enjoy it. Yeah. So I know that's what we said when we talked about the first episode. And I know that's how I feel about the whole season. But what about you? I'd be very interested to have a chat with you about it. Yeah. Did that feeling continue for you? I, this is one of the best shows of the year. This is, it's surprising because it started off and I was like, well, the start of this is kind of cheesy, isn't it? It <laughs> takes about 10 minutes to really get good. Oh, and there's some, there's some iffy writing, you know, every now and then in these first few episodes, but mm. no, 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 nah, look at this is, this is a great season of television. It's, oh, yeah. uh, really does feel like we've gone back to. Uh, the the golden age of this universe, I guess, which would be like seasons, what, three to six, maybe? Yeah. It's <laughs> probably the golden age. I really liked Seven. Seven was good. I liked Seven too, yeah. But I, I think I would agree. I liked it, but when it's working at its peak and when it's the most Game of Thrones, it was probably three to six. But yeah. I liked Seven because things actually started happening. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I enjoyed the epic scale of Seven. But yeah, I, I I thought this was excellent. Um, entire cast are great. Mm-hmm. It's 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 very easy to follow considering this takes place over like an entire generation <laughs> this season, basically. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, and it's just it's just really good political fantasy. Um, my, my only I guess my only 
criticism really to the season mm-hmm. as a whole is uh some of the dragons don't look very good but also some of them look really good so i don't know and also i don't think there were that many <laughs> no not really i hate to be that guy who says it's called house of the dragons but there aren't many dragons but i'm gonna be that guy mm-hmm. uh, i do feel like we could have made more about it and i know the whole idea is that the targaryens call themselves the dragon yes and there are some great scenes where between Rhaenyra and her father, where they talk about what is it about dragons? What what do you think about dragons? And she very astutely says that uh, it's kind of a myth how powerful we are. Mm. And people think we're closer to gods because of the dragons, but we're just people. And yeah. Sarah's agreed with that and said, you know, they're not really a weapon, not really a tool we could control. And, you know, he, he was a bit of a pushover of a king, a really nice guy, <laughs> mm. but he's a bit of a pushover of a king. But he made some very good points. He's an astute observer. Yeah. I mean, in Game of Thrones, the show, mm. the Targaryens were, were always kind of like the the elves, right? It's like, oh, yeah. they're the old family. Or <laughs> they're powerful back then. Kind of the same with the Valarians, I guess. It's like, this is the old powerful families. They've mm. got all the power that they used to have. And then they, they, they threw it away. To go be with their cousins or whatever. I don't know what (laughs) that weird family was up to. That was kind (laughs) of like the vibe that they gave out in in Game of Thrones. So to immediately kind of start this show and be like, yeah, no, they're just just people. Really? Yeah. (laughs) They're they're just just kind of people. I was like, cool. Because I think um, I was going into the show, I was definitely worried that it would be like, you know, too epic and not really feel at all like the reason we like Game of Thrones or anything. But no, it, it it's an excellent continuation. Definitely. And also helped by, I think, having, yeah, it's, it's not a small cast, but like, in terms of the story, and we'll do non-spoilers then, spoilers, um, but in terms of the story, it really feels like this, if this was in the same format as Game of Thrones, like, four, five different characters and different parts of the map that we're following. Yeah. This would be like, what, a three-season arc that yes, we just exactly. got in these ten episodes? Yeah, every fourth scene would actually cut to the wall or we'd cut to uh, Essos or something mm. like that. We'd, we'd yeah. be somewhere else. But we, it's not too spoilery to say we are in one location, essentially, King's Landing, yep. where the, the capital of the Seven Kingdoms is. And it's a political drama between people sort of vying for power, vying for, well, yeah, power is essentially mm. what it is in the end, whether that comes through trying to kill someone, trying to manipulate someone, trying to seduce or marry someone. It's always power with these people. Yeah, and it's such a f- focused story Yeah, that, yeah, it's fantastic. Plus, because it's in one location, there's long time jumps because, oh, someone <laughs> had to go on a ship to that location and it took them like three years. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I think in Game of Thrones, you quickly kind of lose track over how big the world oh, is. Especially cause... in, even though I liked it, season seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where, pe- yeah. <laughs> where people, but wasn't there? Um, there was some fan theory I think I saw on Twitter mm. uh, when season seven was airing that was like, for these characters to be able to traverse this distance in this amount of time, they must be giants. I think everyone in the Game of Thrones world doesn't have the proportions of humans because they've got to travel such long distances. They've got to be giants. 
But then even the giants in this show, they seem slower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when they uh, really try, I suppose they cover more ground. Mm. Yeah, uh, the the time jumps in this were quite interesting, and I think they worked quite well. I was a bit worried about it, especially when I really started liking the younger version of the characters a lot. Like, the cast yeah. members were so good. But then it's okay when it jumps forward because the older version of them are so good as well. Yeah, every every single cast member is fantastic. Like, yeah. if you like one of them and you're like, oh, no, they're going to be recast because they're older, they're still good when they're older. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there's only one that really took me a while to uh, to to kind of adjust to, and that's just because I was confused because I wasn't, like, immediately <laughs> sure that a time jump did happen, and that was uh, for one of the younger cast members. But, um... Yeah, it it's a it's a fantastic cast. Should we go through them before we do non-spoilers? Or do you want to go through them with the spoilers? Oh, it's a good question. We could go through them uh, I mean we could just say, hey, it's really good, go watch it now and then get right into spoilers. <laughs> we yeah. could do that. <laughs> Let's do that. Because awesome. I don't know if there's too much more we could say without spoiling it, because it's about the nitty gritty detail. So yeah, I mean, I guess it's like some of the green screen wasn't great, but I don't know. It's a TV show. It's the first yeah. season. Like yeah. it, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you like Game of Thrones, I swear you'll like this. I'm really sure you will. Yeah, and you know what comes with it. So there'll be language, there's occasional nudity, and and characters having sex. Or, oh or a bit more violently than just having sex in some cases. And there's, did I say swearing? But there's a bit of gore. There's all sorts. And there's more swearing. Um, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of incest as well. Just be one for that. A lot. Actually, more than Game of Thrones. Yeah. I mean, that was always going to happen. So. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the Targaryens. <laughs> it's the Targaryens. Uh, <laughs> it's not a surprise. <laughs> Targaryens have queer traditions, <laughs> to quote someone oh, on the yeah. show. Uh, <laughs> yes. So go watch it. If you haven't watched it, you go watch it if you have. We're going to get into a bit more detail. We're going to do some spoiler spoilers. Spoiler like, spoilers. oh my goodness, Jon Snow shows up at the end. No, he doesn't. That would be silly. That would be silly. I know. It's so cool to link the prequel in with the sequel like that. And that was yeah. a huge time jump. It's massive. <laughs> it was just... um. No, he, he, he didn't. No, hang on. <laughs> One of the, like, the really old guys <laughs> on, like, The Watch... Show up as like a young person, <laughs> they're like the Yoda. <laughs> anyway, spoilers: the king, king, king. Viserys, ah, uh. Paddy Considine. Mm-hmm. I I don't. I've definitely seen him in stuff before, but this is the first time I was like, oh, this guy is good. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love him. He's great. Have you seen? There's a clip. He's in uh, Hot Fuzz. Oh yeah, and there's a beautiful clip when. Basically, the most amazing performance in the whole show happened in this show. As Ezra, I almost said, Edgar Wright <laughs> shared uh, <laughs> uh, a clip of behind-the-scenes featurette where you had all the actors saying, oh, it's so lovely to be working with all these people that I've seen before and I've wanted to work with them and I get the chance now and they're as good as I thought they'd be. And, you know, that, that's got an amazing cast too, Hot Fuzz does. But he stays in character as one of the Andes. Mm-hmm. And so, so he's just kind of like... And so there are all these people. I don't know many actors. These people are all actors. I only know, <laughs> I only know, I've forgotten the ones he listed, uh, but, you know, um, Al Pacino, someone else, and then him from that. 
<laughs> and that's basically all he says. He's just, he's so good. Oh, that's great. And I felt like I was going to feel the same way as you did. Like, oh yeah, that guy, I've seen him around in the first few episodes. Yeah. But he quickly became one of my absolute favorites, not just of this show, but of Game of Thrones as a whole. Yeah, he's such a a well-written character and just incredibly well-acted. Plus, oh, yeah. like, likable as well. Which is rare. He's like the guy on the throne that you actually like, which is, that never happens in this world. <laughs> no. And, you know, his brother is pretty much what usually happens in this world, played by Matt Smith. Yeah. And, oh, you know, from the first episode, I loved the uh, dynamic between them where Patty's character, Viserys, just wanted everyone to get along. And <laughs> he experiences a tragedy where his, his wife and the child they're expecting both die through horrific circumstances where they had to try and do one of the first caesareans in the game of thrones world and doesn't work sadly um and so he's he's shaken by that and then his brother is just being an absolute dick so he confronts (laughs) him and and just that throne room scene was great and that's the first time he gets cut which gets infected and he essentially gets leprosy for the rest of the season yeah, yeah, the prosthetics. I saw when this was airing, a lot of people were making fun of all the wigs and all the, all the um, all the, the prosthetics and practical effects and everything. And then they got to episode eight or nine, and they're like, "Oh, wow." Yeah, I nah, it was great. It looked really yeah. like consistently. It looked really good. I can see why someone could complain about the wigs, but I they're they're, they're fine. They looked good. For most of them, it didn't look too bad, but I'm so used to seeing Matt Smith in a very particular way that it was striking the most for him, I reckon. Yeah, I, know, I got used to it after like 10 minutes of them being on screen, I think. Like, it's not that big of a deal Oh yeah. Um, for me, but yeah, I saw a lot of that, particularly for Viserys. But then I think everyone saw episode eight and were like, oh, wait, <laughs> this guy <laughs> needs an Emmy. And I was like, yeah, what? Exactly. You're just completely 180 <laughs> But that's the internet for you. <laughs> it is. But, I mean, it was a step up from just the white wig, which on some of them does look a bit silly. Mm. That was just an amazing episode. Um, but will we go through some more cast? More cast? Well, Matt Smith, you mentioned him. Uh, yeah. He's he's an interesting one because he kind of starts off as like, oh, I'd love to hate this guy. And, <laughs> then, and then they add some backstory and you're like, okay, I can kind of see why I love to hate him. I still love to hate him, but he's also, mm. you know... He's got some backstory, and then he does something horrible, and you're like, oh, no, fuck this guy, actually. Yep. But then, uh, for the last, like, I don't know, four episodes, you're like, hey, this guy's kind of cool. <laughs> and then you're like, wait, where is he? We need him to stabilize things. This madman, we need him to stabilize. <laughs> we need him to stabilize the world. He, the character, like, the the whiplash of this yeah. guy is, is, is wild. And Matt Smith, I mean, oh. it just, he's constantly... <laughs> doing movies that that i'm Suck. always like why <laughs> why are you in this matt smith what what are you doing like yeah. last night in soho is probably the only movie i've seen him in like proper non-indie movie i've seen him in yeah. since doctor who where i've been like yes he's acting again <laughs> he's acting uh, he's, so he's got a character to actually act with <laughs> yeah so as a big fan of his oh i made the crown as well but but that's not a movie, so your 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 definition still stands, I reckon. It's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, as a really big fan of his, it was great to see him in something like this and just be yeah. like, yes, he is finally <laughs> getting all the recognition he needs 
the internet loves him and so they should. It's great. Matt Smith is back. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he kind of carries pretty much every scene he's in. You know what doesn't sit right with me at the moment? What? He's just turned 40. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> just, yeah. I remember seeing him. He was still in his 20s when he first joined Doctor Who. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, sorry. It's just, I'm still wow. getting my head around that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you were saying he's he's very good in this. Yeah, he's amazing in this. He barely yeah. says a word after a certain episode. His most famous scene from the whole thing, he doesn't. Yeah. And he's so awesome in it. <laughs> it's really good. He is, um, no, he should be proud of this one because I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see him again. He is lucky enough to play George R.R. R. Martin's favourite Targaryen. <laughs> yeah. Now, George is really proud of this character because he's so complex and shades of grey and unpredictable. Mm. And so he's quite happy with it. Yeah, no, it's a great character. Mm. I know that the George was like, he, he's like, uh, oh, the TV show version of Viserys is now the best one. Sorry, my books are not as good. <laughs> Um, <laughs> which I really like. Yeah, I I love that. That was such a charming thing to say. Yeah. If he could rewrite it and add the humanity and the depth that Paddy put into the role, he would. He says, this is the superior version. And that is a <laughs> is... special thing for an author to say. Yeah. Especially one like him. He's a, he's often kind of like, ah, well, the budget couldn't stretch to that much. Ah, well, it wasn't as good as I thought it would be. So when he actually compliments it, it's like, oh, shit. Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's such an interesting character because he's like, Damon, like, um, like he gets married three times in this show. And the, the first <laughs> yeah. time he murders his wife and you're like, fuck yeah. you, Damon. The second time, <laughs> if the, a tragedy happens, yep. it's, it's incredibly sad. And then you feel really bad for him. Very similar one to his brothers as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you feel really, really bad for him. You do. And the fact that it's like... You can go from this guy who's, <laughs> you know, incredibly unlikable and murdered his wife to like two yeah. episodes later then feeling bad for him because of the death of another wife. And you're then like... you feel really weird because there's a really romantic relationship with, big spoilers, his freaking niece. Yeah, his niece, which that's <laughs> uh, Game of Thrones. Um... It is Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, I do feel weird because I, I hold that, that standard of not doing that, but it is genuinely a pretty romantic relationship as well yeah i find it kind of a weird contrast with today's values even though this isn't historical it's fictional yeah i mean i make whatever art you want um mm. <laughs> yes yeah. tell whatever story you want as long as you're not hurting any of the cast members do whatever you want uh but yeah. i i mean uh look i'm glad they did it with emma and not millie um oh god yeah but and they deliberately did that too. There was that scene where it nearly happened and he's like, no, can't do this. I've got to run away now. Yeah. And then later on, it does happen. They fall in love. They get married, etc. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like for the, like, if you're looking at it as the characters, that's the norm. And the fact that they can find love is amazing, actually. And Yeah. Uh, no. You know, good on them, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I do. Don't do that now, but in this fiction world, that's fine, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, this fiction world where Rhaenyra's best friend is sent to comfort her father on the day that her mother dies. And I thought, oh, that I said this in our first episode where we talked about the first episode of the show. You did. Oh, that's sweet. She's going in there to connect about the fact that her mother died too. But no, her father wanted to hook them up. Yep. 
And that's what happens. Yep, I was correct. Hightower was the endgame villain of season one. He's still yes, the villain, though. He is he still were. the villain. So I thought he would be killed off at the end of the season, but no. Yeah, they could have shut. They could have stopped the whole show very quickly at the end of episode nine. Or was it eight? No, nine. Uh, I think. Nine, yes. Well, they almost had like a red wedding type situation. Yeah, exactly. But it would have stopped the whole show and cut off an episode at the end. So they decided not to. <laughs> yeah, I really liked that because so we've got, uh, oh, I can't remember her name. Rhaenice? Rhaenice, yep. We've got Rhaenice. Basically, Rhaenyra was going to be queen, but 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 Hightower's like, <laughs> I've got plans upon plans. Upon plans. And he's <laughs> trying to get his uh, his grandson and his king. Trying to get the dropkick of a grandson instead of the actual cool one who would be a good, effective king, even if a bit of a dick. <laughs> I know. And then Rhaenys, during the ceremony, bursts through the floor with a dragon. Killing several dozen... <laughs> so many innocent people. people. <laughs> uh, and, and she's like, I'm going to fire breath everyone. I'm going to kill them. Actually, no. And the dragon's so ready to go, you could tell. <laughs> Which kind of felt like, it kind of felt like, um, I guess, a commentary on Game of Thrones as a show as well. Because every episode yeah, nine true. ends with just death. <laughs> it's just everyone dies. Yeah, no, I, I really do think everyone was expecting a lot more as well. I mean, yeah. not that they were disappointed, but they were expecting the flames. But then where would you go from there? <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no. There'd like, be no show. Yeah, no. <laughs> you <laughs> Everyone's dead. <laughs> I know. Basically, so, yeah. the people that you're rooting for now, essentially, even though you know I had a lot of sympathy for some of the characters on that stage, and I'll talk about who and why very soon, mm. you're essentially rooting for the other people, the morally right people, even if they are ancestrally married. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they would just be the, the rulers then, and that's the end of the show. So. Yeah. Well, I did really like that about the show as well. Like, uh, ev- every ca- character, uh, probably aside from Hightower, has shades of grey. Uh, well, and Aegon too uh, is the worst. Um, <laughs> but every other character has, like, shades of grey to the point yeah. where even, like, Rhaenyra does something at some point. I can't remember what episode. Uh, I can't remember. She makes some decision and I was like, I'm not okay with this. <laughs> and... You're the main character who we're all rooting for. Do you um, remember what it was? I can't remember what it was. Was it that one where they sort of misled you? And I, I could give details. No, I kind of knew what they were doing from the get-go from that one. Uh, yeah. With, with yeah, when um her husband is uh, supposedly killed. Um, mm-hmm. No, it was some other, like, smaller decision I think she made at some point. And I was like, yeah. huh, interesting. There were a few of those that I didn't like. Partly because I wanted her counterpart to be redeemed and she also made choices that i was like no no i i love you a lot but you're making some mistakes and you're being manipulated by your awful father who is played brilliantly by reese effens oh he's good but yeah i really like that about about the show how um Mm. everyone does bad things (laughs) in this awful world (laughs) yeah oh that's the thing everyone does bad things especially the people we watch like i'm sure there are some very sensible, kind, generous, caring townsfolk. Mm. Like the farmer who goes out of his way to check in on the old lady in the cottage 
on the way to and from work, that sort of thing. Just a nice bloke. Yeah, but Reese, that's boring. <laughs> that's that's boring. boring. So we look at the political, incestual, murdering, warmongering side of politics. So yeah. that's why we see people who all do bad things. <laughs> They're all awful. In fact, the only bad thing that Viserys did was not be sterner in a war Pretty because much. he wanted peace, which shows that inaction sometimes does cause bad things as well. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. But that, that that was a morally, felt like a morally just yeah. stance. Yeah, agreed. Alicent Hightower, we already mentioned oh, her. Uh, she gets have. married to Viserys because mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Hightower handed the king man's a bad bloke. <laughs> and <laughs> With a great voice. I love the voice he does in this show. It's so good. Yeah. I loved, I mean, I really enjoyed Emily Carey's mm-hmm. performance. Uh, she was fantastic as the younger... Alicent. Um, the younger, innocent, untarnished one. Yeah, and then as as soon as that time jump happens, you're like, oh no, this world yep. has completely ruined this poor woman. Yeah, you, your manipulative father, the situation where essentially uh, circumstances have taken advantage of you have completely ruined you. Yeah, which is um, a shame, but it does mean that Olivia Cook gets to play a bad person, and I've never <sighs> really seen her in... It's not really a villain role, and I use no. the term bad person. Uh, no, I'm not committing to that because, you know, she'll probably be redeemed by the end of this, as she should. She's an incredibly misled person, but with all the right intentions. Yeah, exactly. She also tries, to, like in the last episode, she tries to keep the peace, and she tells off the small council who's obviously been plotting for what happened, waiting for it to happen for a long time. Yeah. She tells them off for saying, well, she wouldn't want her father dead and then to be replaced, would she? Shut the <laughs> hell up. That sort of thing. So. Yeah, no, that's true. I've never seen Olivia Cook in in a in a borderline villain role before. I've seen her in like pretty much everything that she's been in. I've watched pretty much everything she's in. I plan to now. <laughs> I think I saw me and Earl and the dying girl and I was like, this is someone who I will continue to watch uh, what she makes. And yeah, she's fantastic in heaps of stuff. I yeah. guess I, I haven't seen Bates Motel. I can't, I, I, I don't know if she plays one of the good people or not in that. Okay. But uh, no, she's great in this. She's fantastic. Oh, um, I adore her. She's amazing. Such a, such a great character. Mm. Um, great lines as well. Yeah, really well written. One of those performances where um, you can tell everything that the character is thinking just by looking at her. Yeah. Uh, there's some performances in this where you can't do that, but I think that's also on purpose because they're royalty. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's completely what it is, yeah. Yeah, but for her, like, I don't know, she looks at Egon and you're like, yeah, she hates him. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's yes. awful. Awful guy. <laughs> I can't believe I created you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many scenes where she's just staring at her kids like, I, I, I can't. What, what have I done? <laughs> and it's, 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 yes. it's fantastic. It's, it's such a good uh, role. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. We've also got, and this is a character, probably the only character I don't really like. I still really like the performer, and that's uh, Fabian Frankel as Sir Kristen Cole. Yeah. It was great in the first few episodes. And then I think the time jump, he's the only character the time jump did a really big disservice to because he was really, well, he was really affectionate of Rhaenyra when she was younger. She sleeps with him, which was probably a, a, 
error of judgment in her her regard because she's royalty and he's just a soldier essentially a royal guard and then he's smitten with her and then she rejects him and there are the seeds for what happens in the time jump but immediately he goes from not liking her to calling her a cunt (laughs) in the next episode yeah i was um that was one of the big time jump things that confused me was him because I feel like... He didn't age as well, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, he looked young to begin with. So when we yeah. jump, like, how many years was it? 12? <sighs> Something like that. Yeah. Oh, that was 10 years in between five oh, and that six. was 10. Okay, yeah. So it's 10 years in between then. And yeah, like, he started off looking young. He still looks young. At first I was like, is this, is this just an actor in a different role? I wasn't sure what was going on. No, it was him. It was but, him. But yeah, uh, that yeah, I would agree. That's that's one character that I think um, potentially they could have done a little bit more there with him. Uh, surprisingly, still around. I, I I thought he would be dead by now, but he's still around. Yeah, and again, I quite like the actor. He's he's very good in the show, and he's excellent in interviews. He's very charismatic. Oh yeah. But again, I don't know if the character. He's probably going to get a lot to do in season two, but I don't think he's been given enough to do compared to everyone else. Mm. It's probably my biggest problem. Yeah, I I think I would agree with that. So he was served quite poorly by the time jump, but people who I felt like had more to do in the second half were things like uh, Steve Towsant, who played Lord Corliss. Obviously, his story proceeded more or progressed more in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. He was really good. I liked all the Valarians. I really enjoyed that we went in depth uh, with that house uh, Mm. because it's an interesting house. It's a good one. It is. Uh, I did also have a bit of a laugh. This is just a a thing that Doctor Who fans might get a kick out of. I liked the mini Doctor Who reunion in the first episode where Matt Smith walks into the room with Billy Patterson, (laughs) who was in the Dalek episode in Matt Smith's first season. Uh, yes, victory he of the Daleks? was. Is that yeah, what it's victory. Yeah. I call it the Teletubby Daleks episode. That's good, actually. <laughs> that's what, that's it is I good, isn't it? it? I like that episode yeah. a lot. Aside from the Teletubby Daleks. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. Uh, it is victory. Yes, yeah. So it was just kind of fun to have them on screen together. What I liked was mm-hmm. um, uh, you've got Matt Smith, and then you've also got Ty Tennant playing uh. Oh, that's true. Aegon Targaryen for two episodes before he's then recast, and I was confused for a few minutes. Um, yeah, I didn't know if I wanted to see Titanic doing what he did in that episode, but we did. Oh anyway. man, I, I, ah, what a great actor! So, so Aegon Targaryen is a terrible person. He's um probably worse yeah. than Joffrey, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I mean, we'll probably see him be even worse. Yeah, I think, or, or better, I don't know, who knows, L- let's see what happens. Let's see well, what happens. better for dramatic scenes, of course, but... <laughs> I don't know, I think King Aegon can redeem himself. <laughs> Said Are you sure? No one ever. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, so Titanic played him for, I think it was episodes f- six and seven, and that is David Tennant's adoptive, uh, not adoptive son, stepson. Stepson, yeah. I don't know why I said adoptive. Uh, it's his oh, well, stepson. He has taken his name, so I suppose that counts. Not true, actually. Yeah, true. Not sure. Uh, but Ty Tennant's uh, granddad is is Peter Davidson, who's also yeah. a doctor. So it's all doctors. They should get Peter <laughs> Davidson in an episode. He shows up and he's like, I'm oh. grumpy, and then he gets killed. 
Ooh. And I'm like, yes, he's great. But it would be distracting having him in this show for more than two minutes. So. Let me pitch this to you. Another time jump. Yeah. And he plays the oldest version of Otto Hightower we're going to see. <gasps> Actually. He would do that very well, I think. He looks exactly like Otto Hightower. Yeah. I think he does. He'd have to grow a beard, maybe, but... Probably. Yeah. I think that would work. Yeah, he's put on some weight. He's a bit more... uh, Yeah, he's just a bit older. Yeah? Yeah, I think that would work really well. I mean, I don't know what season two is going to do. Otto could be impaled on a spear in episode three. (laughs) Probably. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think Peter Davidson acts anymore, so... (laughs) Oh, well... We've seen him in something recently, but yes. <laughs> well, audio. He does audio. Oh, yeah. Just put Otto in prison and then have Peter Davidson be like, you'll not hear the last of me every time they walk into the jail. <laughs> <laughs> My conniving plans will pay off yet again. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, so what else is there to say? That I, I think we've pretty much covered that. We think the casting in this show is top-notch. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. So, Titanic, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he does some gross stuff. He jokes off <laughs> in a window. In a window. Which is yeah. very funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. People, people I, I watch reactions, a lot of reactions, and a lot of people were saying, why would you do it in such a public way? And some people said, well, it is up really high. You might not be able to see what he's doing. He might just be admiring the view. And then someone joked that he was so pale that you might not even be able to see any details <laughs> on a sunny day. Uh, you know. Yeah, it was a very uh, yeah interesting choice. But, you know, it shows how, I guess, um, depraved he is from the get-go. You, you're instantly like, oh, this guy's a bit weird. <laughs> What's he doing? Yeah. And then he, uh, well, yeah, he, then he does some even worse stuff throughout the course of it um mm. interesting the, the the whole child fighting ring thing i'm i'm interested to see what happens there i think that would be a really interesting story to go into especially because he's got kids in there or at least one yeah and he doesn't want to be king i liked that element as well because yeah he was so honest about it too yeah he's like i'd i'd be a terrible king <laughs> Eamon should be king and Eamon's like yeah I'm cool <laughs> look yeah. at me with my eye patch and my giant dragon I'm cool I'd be a cool king and let me remove the eye patch and I've got a bloody blue gem in my eye <laughs> he's so metal he's <laughs> such a metal king he would be great I think I've seen him somewhere before as well that actor he's um yeah can't remember what oh he's in that movie High Life with uh with Patterson that also has a lot of um a lot of uh, stuff that Titanic was doing out of a window in it, but you see more. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, he's in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Should we talk about a few specific scenes and relationships? Like yes. Maybe our favorite ones, because I think a really big standout is in episode eight, where Viserys, who has basically withered away to nearly nothing, mm-hmm. he's lost half of his face. He's lost a limb. He could barely stand. He could barely breathe, for God's yeah. sakes. Yeah. And he makes a dramatic entrance when they're talking about the fact that Lord Corliss is also dying. And just a whole lot of inheritance is up for discussion and who's going to be the heir. And he makes the effort to come down to defend his daughter. And, oh, there's an unsung hero we haven't mentioned yet. Ramin Dazwali's music mm. is incredible. Same composer of Game of Thrones, and this was his best piece of the season, probably. And it's just an amazing scene. It's so well acted. The 
the mix of prosthetic and CGI and performance from Paddy Considine and the, the two teams that would contribute to making him look that way is spectacular. Mm-hmm. The tension in that scene where the high towers go from just about to grab power to suddenly going, what the hell? He's on his feet. And just <laughs> so well done. So well yeah. performed. Yeah, that entire episode was just fantastic because then yeah. you've got the uh, the dinner scene afterwards, oh, which is another fantastic sequence. I actually cried during that. Yeah? Something about Patty's performance. I thought he was going to die in that scene. It was only mm. two scenes later, pretty much. But <laughs> if, if he did die, it was exactly what he wanted for decades. Was his family together? Some kind things said. And then they're sharing a meal, and it was a warm environment. Music started playing, and he was just settling into it. And I thought that would be a peaceful release for him. Yeah. And that I think it was that thought, combined with the performance and just how well it was done, mm-hmm. that made me well up. Yeah, that was um a great scene. There were a lot of scenes in this show that were like that. They were like, oh, this is really sweet, even. It's like, this is quite sweet. And then one thing happens and you're like, oh, no. And then it's just yes. like a snowball effect of awful stuff. Yeah. And I loved it in that scene. It was just during a compliment, a raising of the glass, Eamon Targaryen says, uh, I'd like to extend a toast to my brave, whatever, whatever other word, and strong cousins oh yes because uh rhaenyra's kids are two of them not (laughs) yeah valarian not valarian where you know the valarians have dark skin Mm. and these kids definitely do not they do not or white hair either oh that's right yeah where both their parents have white hair so what's going on there guys yeah i was a little bit like rhaenyra you probably should have um dyed their hair every fucking day (laughs) yeah done something (laughs) different but uh whatever (laughs) yeah and uh their father lord strong and it's obvious to a lot of people so i just love the pause where he slyly smiles and then he says strong yeah and then you're instantly like, oh, no. Yep. Uh, one other scene like that that I loved was the end of episode five, where, oh, Rhaenyra's getting married to Lainor. Everyone's happy. Everyone's, like, really on board with this. There's a big yeah. party. She's yes. having fun. Damon's there, and he's actually smiling for the first time in, like, four yes. episodes. And you're like, this is great. And then a fight breaks out, and then you're like, oh, no. And then the episode ends. <laughs> I, I, I love that, because it makes you feel happy, and then is instantly like, yeah, but this world is awful. <laughs> and then they get married with rats eating the brains out of somebody who's just had their head <laughs> collapsed in uh, in a pool of blood on the floor. Yeah. I love that. I love the end of episode five. And then we don't see them for 10 years. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah, we're, that's the last time we see Millie Alcock and Emily Carey. Mm-hmm. Which, actually, those two, I do want to highlight those two. They they were very, very good. I I was, not that I was concerned, I was just interested to see if they would have a big part or not, because they were younger, and usually younger people in a cast in a lot of shows are put to the side until they've grown up and their characters have grown up. But no, they use them very well at the age that they're at. Yes. And it was very interesting storytelling dynamics. I think episode three, two or three, where Rhaenyra is exploring her sexuality. She's free to do so. And she sleeps with Christian Cole and she's, it's a tender, loving thing. She's almost the one in charge of it. And (laughs) then 
after she's gone to bed, Alison's called to sleep with the king and she's just not enjoying it at all. She's just kind of doing a bit of a what was considered then a woman's duty to her husband and especially the king. And you could tell that there's a an excitement and an, and a, an engagement between Christian Cole and the princess, whereas in that case she's kind of bored and he's older than her and it's not as exciting for her and she probably didn't even want to do it, honestly. Mm. At that time she'd already gone to bed and the storytelling contrast between them doesn't just happen then. It happens all the time in different scenes as well and I really liked the use of the characters at that time but these two performed the hell out of that and I loved them for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know there's too much else to mention. I mean, the very end of the season, uh, Aegon is king because of Hightower's uh, treason. Uh, so- <laughs> oh, yeah, the poor, uh, poor Bill Patson's character gets killed in that episode by Cole. <laughs> this yeah. is treason! This is, this is... And then his head's just slammed on the table and... Again, a pool of blood happens. Yeah, yeah. And then they just continue the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Which, oh, yeah. and then Graham McTavish. What's his character's name? He's the captain. Uh, Sir Harold. Sir Harold. Noble man. Good man. Basically hands in his gun and badge and leaves at that point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he is. He's great. I, yeah. I, I like him in a lot of stuff. So I, yeah. um, I hope he's in season two more because he's like not really in this a whole lot. Yeah, I hope he. I hope he ends up in Dragonstone with the others. I'm sure he will. Yeah, because he's always he's been the princess's guard for so long, and he's quite affectionate of her. So I'm sure he'll go over there. Mm. But yeah, I really liked uh, how they did the last two episodes because episode nine is all from Alicent, uh, her point of view, really. Yeah, and then episode ten is all from Rhaenyra's point of view, uh, pretty much for the most part. And uh, I I really, really liked how they did that because a lot of the time with Game of Thrones, it's like nine episode, the ninth episode, it's all going to lead up to lots of death. It's going to be a big death or it's going to be a battle of the bastards. It's going to be something, a, a, a big event. And in many ways it was, but episode 10 was also a big event because usually with Game of Thrones, it's like, and episode 10 is us just being like some nice character moments and some mourning and then uh, we are getting all the pieces ready for the next yeah. big event. Whereas with this yeah. episode 10, it was like, yeah, it's, it's going to be as epic and important as episode nine. It's just the other characters that you didn't see. Yeah, I thought no, that I, was I a really, really too. smart way of doing it. Yeah. And the final sequence, mm. you, you, you have a young prince sent to broker an agreement to try and rally support for an upcoming war that is bound to happen, even though Rhaenyra is trying to be sensible. She was sensible at that point and keep the peace. Hmm. But unfortunately, Aemond Targaryen is there with his size of a city wall dragon. Massive dragon. I did say some of the dragons don't look good, but all the dragons in episode 10 looked amazing. Especially his. I reckon any scenes previously where they didn't, they saved it for that scene. Oh, I reckon, yeah. And the shooting it in the rain. Oh, that... Okay, I've got to describe the tension you feel. He arrives on his young dragon. He's a young prince who's so far been considered a boy. Now he's a young man. (laughs) He's going to negotiate. And you see a head lift up over the size of a city wall. (laughs) And you're like, shit, that's a big dragon. You go in there, you see the big dragon's uh, rider. And he actually reneged on his terms of 
of uh, negotiations previously because he's previously lost an eye because of this kid. Yeah. Uh, but he said, look, I've gained the dragon that we were fighting over or, or, you know, they were fighting over other things, but they were essentially fighting over the dragon. He's gained the dragon, so it's fine. I don't need the eye. And now he's demanding that this kid cuts his own eye out. So he, <laughs> he reneged the unnoble bastard. <laughs> he did, cool yeah. bastard, but he's unnoble. Yeah. Uh, so after the conflict, after the rejection, basically um, the Baratheons are saying they're siding with uh, the high towers. The young prince goes out and suddenly you realize, oh, shit. Half of what we thought was a wall was a dragon, <laughs> and it's gone now. And the rain is pouring down, and there's a chase scene, and it's it's just so tense. That's that's excellent. It ends sadly with the death of a dragon, which I think I was more sad about than than the prince's death. <laughs> Again. But I I, be, I became sad about the prince's death when I saw Emma Darcy do an incredible performance oh. when she found out that he died just after she's found out she's lost her father at the start of the episode, just after she miscarried. Mm. And now as she's trying to keep the peace, one of her other sons has died. Yeah. Emma Darcy, their, their performances. I, 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 I haven't seen them in oh. something this good before. Amazing. Oh. The, enti- the entire performance <laughs> is just incredible. I love them so much. Um, But yeah, I liked as well how, Eamon was like, oh, I didn't mean to kill him. Oh, no. This is bad. Oh, no. Oh, that was such a good reaction. It was so good. He knew what he'd done. Yeah. And and it proved Viserys' point. You can't control the dragons. Both of the dragons started fighting with each other, forgetting the humans on them. Mm-hmm. But the tiny dragon, of course, was eaten by the castle in the air. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh... the tower in the air. And uh, the look on his face was amazing. Very good performance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think, I think that's... Mostly everything. Yeah, I was going to say, that's it. Basically, we like this show a lot. It's really good. And if you haven't seen it, it's well worth a watch. Oh, I will say, actually, I do have one criticism, and it is most of episode seven was way too dark. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And what's worse is that it was obviously day-to-night editing. Yeah. (laughs) So it could have been lighter just by not toning it down so much. Yeah, they did some day-to-night, which, I mean, usually doesn't look very good to begin with. But um, they made it incredibly dark. I didn't mind uh, in, I think it was season eight, episode three, a lot of people were like, this is really dark. I quite liked that because at least there were, like, people carrying torches and it made it seem... And it was actually nighttime. Yeah, and it was actually nighttime, and it made it seem like a creative choice. Um, yeah. Well, a cre- a creative choice that I can respect. I, th- I I don't know why they decided to film episode seven like that. It looked quite not good. <laughs> yeah, I think it did too. I I've always said about th- that third episode. Yes, it was a choice. I don't think it was the right one. A lot of people for years have said yes, it was because it's war. You don't know what's going on. But also, this is television. I should be able to see what's going. Yeah, that's true. I like the chaos. You can make the chaos happen without making it black. Mm. But anyway, that's a different subject that I've talked about many times yeah. over the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think, yeah, like, because um, that episode has some incredible, well, I mean, the entire episode is incredibly written. So it's a shame yeah. that uh, whoever did the cinematography on that one, I, 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 I do not love what they did. It's like they shot everything well, but then they color-coded it, so you can't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's not even every shot. I think no. it was just right for the dragon. That was the first time we met 
Oh, I hate that I've forgotten the dragon's name, but I have. But the huge dragon. Vega? Um, is, that, is that Vega? Maybe? That's Vega. Yes, you're right. Yeah. I remember two dragon names and one of them is Vega. So I'm glad that, that was the correct one. <laughs> oh my God. That scene in episode, I think it was 10, where they're talking about their forces and Matt Smith just lists off this X, 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 because they all end in X, a yes. lot of them. And then we've got four over there and they've got seven over there. And then we've got X and X and X and X. That was great. It almost <laughs> sounded like, it sounded like David was trying to pitch to HBO, um, the fact that they should have more money for season two. <laughs> Just yeah. be like, and you could have this scene, HBO. <laughs> you want this? <laughs> oh, and I love I love that line as well. I think after he lists all those things, um, all the dragons and all the forces they've got, he says, and if we band them all together, we can have the Hightower's heads on spikes before the fucking moon turns. <laughs> and I just love the way he says that. <laughs> it's excellent. Yeah, I'm having a look here. Um, in terms of filmography, uh, the person who... Uh, who shot episode seven has done a lot of good stuff like Justice yeah. Leagues, uh, uh-huh. which is you know for a Zack Snyder film filmed very well. Oh, that explains why it was too dark. <laughs> and also <laughs> the Battle of the Bastards. So you know, oh. that's one of the best episodes. <laughs> oh, was it Miguel? Miguel's awesome. And uh, season eight, episode three as well. Yep. So. No, Miguel's awesome. I'm sad he's not going to be one of the producers. Of oh, the but... cinematographer, not the director, is who I was. Oh, okay. Sorry. Looking at, but yes, the director of oh, yeah. oh, uh, Miguel's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, as I was saying, that's probably what we thought of this show. As you could tell, we're pretty much ninety-eight percent positive about it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite shows of the year. It's very good. Speaking of favorite shows of the year, very soon, as in next month or maybe the month after, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to bring to this show something that's been a tradition for, is this the eighth year now? Probably. I think so. I mean, I started podcasting like uh, 10 years ago as of um, this month. Wow. And I think uh, I want to, yeah, I, it could even be the ninth year, to be honest. I, I'm not sure. Okay, yeah. So for quite a while, Sandro and myself and a friend of ours from this podcast called Staggering Stories Podcast, we have been for the various podcasts Sandro and I have done over the years, hmm. we've done annual lookbacks at our top, usually 20, but I'm sometimes short, <laughs> uh, films and television shows of the year. Uh, yes. And so this will be on a list and we will list those shows and movies in two separate episodes at some point in the coming months, looking back at 2022 for visual entertainment. That's right. And uh, no spoilers, but um, in terms of, uh, I guess, scripted TV and full <laughs> seasons of TV, this is yeah, probably yeah. the best I've seen this year. There's one Doctor Who special <laughs> that I think <laughs> is better, uh, and one documentary-ish by Nathan Fielder that might top the list, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. And I know you haven't seen Andor yet. Yeah, I haven't seen Andor yet. So, <laughs> who knows, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be doing that. If you guys are interested in also doing similar, you can get in touch with us through social media. Mm. Have we set an email address up for this show yet? Yeah, I have. It's AussieNerdsTalkStuff at gmail.com. There we go. AussieNerdsTalkStuff at gmail.com. Or you can message us at Aussie Nerds Talk because adding the word stuff is too long for a lot of social media <laughs> platforms, but you can uh, contact us 
at Aussie Nerds Talk on Instagram and Twitter, especially. Yep. Um, or you can email us, or you can if you find our Twitter handles, which are it's just our names, or social media handles. They're our names, and they're in the description of the episode. You can get in touch. I'd I'd welcome listener contribution that we could see, kind of, if a lot of us put you know Andor quite highly, or if. Doctor Who, although there wasn't much Doctor Who this year, was there? <laughs> but, you know, we'll see what shows are kind of popular among nerdy groups yeah. that might listen to us. Yeah, definitely. I would. I That's a great idea, yeah, having some... Um, we could even do a whole third episode on... I'm happy to do that, yeah. Listener lists if we want, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, maybe if, maybe if people want to hear examples of what we do, and that's fine, you'll be able to hear our good friend Adam from Staggering Stories and from the UK. Mmm... We will be doing a list, which will be really good, or two lists if you want to talk about films as well. Yeah, it'll be very good fun. And another thing I would like to highlight, because it's very exciting, is that someone on this group chat of two, <laughs> that isn't me, <laughs> is uh, is going to do a show in Adelaide. Ooh, yeah, it's true, it's true. Uh, the show that I... Sound designed um, alongside uh, my good friend Rob Lloyd. Our good friend Rob Lloyd has been on mm-hmm. uh, various podcasts, is one of the hosts of Nerd Out, which the original version of this show was a spinoff. You get the idea. Um, <laughs> our <laughs> show, uh, Shakespeare Aliens, we've done two seasons in Melbourne and we're going to Adelaide in February. Uh, so if you yeah. want to come, if you live in Adelaide or near Adelaide, uh, please, please come along. It'd be great to see you. Um, tickets are available now at adelaidefringe.com.maybe dot mm-hmm. maybe <laughs> au. <laughs> maybe au. Maybe. I, I reckon know. that link will be in the des- description as well. Yeah, I'll put it in the description. And if you're an international listener and you're wondering why that is such a big deal, they performed at the Melbourne Fringe, but now they're going interstate, and that's pretty cool. It's good. Yeah, uh, Adelaide Fringe is. Uh, one of the biggest festivals we've got here in Australia. So oh, yeah. very keen to take to the uh, a really cool stage too. We're at the Goodwood Theatre. What a good name as well. It's a, <laughs> it's a great name. And it's a fancy yeah. stage too. Oh, it's Ooh. got curtains. This is very fancy. Oh, curtains. Yeah. Don't have to provide your own. <laughs> yeah. That'll be good. Um, awesome. Other stuff to play. I mean, my other podcast, Oldie Buddy Goody, uh, still going strong. Uh, by the time this is out... We've probably only got like one episode left of the year. Um, one of the last episodes covering 2001. But next year, we're doing something different. Instead of just covering one year of film, we're covering 49 years. <gasps> we're doing one movie per year per week from 1920 to 1969. We're doing the uh, silent era. Nice. Then we're going to get sound. Then we're going to get color eventually. There'll be some color <laughs> with some of the silent, but it won't be great. Uh, so once we get sound and then color, it'll be fantastic. I just thought of a gag you could do. Here's for the first few episodes. Here's our review of this film. That is uh, something that we said we might do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. We're on the same page. Uh, so that's that's that. Is there anything else to plug? Ah, uh, I don't know. I think what I might start doing, actually, because I haven't done other forms of creativity, creativity, what? Creativity. Creativity in a little while. Is that what Ty Tennant was doing at the window? A little bit of creativity. Creative depravity. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Completely changing track from that. I haven't done any other sorts of creativity on the internet in a while, but I think I might start 
doing some more reactions on my YouTube channel. Mm. I didn't do a reaction to the Last of Us trailer, but I might start reacting to trailers. Are much easier to do with my current setup, but I might try, you know, when that comes out next month, which I'm so excited about. Oh, yeah. I might react to a few episodes of that or the whole season. Who knows? That sounds fantastic. Yeah, in terms yeah. of what we're doing next episode, I don't know. I'm going to try and catch up on as much TV and movies as possible. So we could just do like a, a what have we been watching lately, but yeah. go more in depth on stuff like Andor uh, and various Marvel things. So Yeah, we've got, we're sort of, we're not quite scheduled, but we know what we're doing very soon is those list episodes, mm. our best of episodes. But in the meantime, we might just play it nice and easy and do sort of a consuming episode of what have we been consuming recently. So stay yeah. tuned. I mean, we could do a long episode on Andor. That could be fun, but also would involve me having to watch that pretty quickly. <laughs> I don't think you would mind having to watch that pretty quickly. Uh-huh. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, I'm definitely going to speed through it as soon as I start it. It's just pressing the play button on the first episode you know i've just gotta like i just gotta do it <laughs> let's do a group watch on disney plus right now <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you everyone for listening as you could tell we've got plans for future episodes which we do annually but between now and then we might just be a little bit relaxed one with the schedule but two with our content mm. it might just be sort of what we've been watching and we might be hinting also at what's going to go on those lists because we're basically going to do a bit of cramming now to try and get enough <laughs> things watched. Yeah. In my case, anyway. That's right. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. We'll probably get some more out before Christmas, but because the season is here, please have yourself a Merry Christmas. Stay safe, stay kind, and season's greeting to you all. Yes. Farewell. I kind of lost track of what to say there. Um, uh, put <laughs> a snag on the barbie and have oh, a yeah. fun... Chrissy, I can't think of anything else to say. We are terrible at Australian slang. <laughs> I, well, the thing is, I can't think of any nice Australian slang. Yeah. I mean, I did say the C word earlier, so I'm sure it's fine to include a lot of it. But True. <laughs> have a fucking ripper, you lot. <laughs>